That's B J O double dot O R N. Bjorn ready. I was Bjorn ready. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rum Ham and Wild Cards. This is episode six. We are reviewing season one, episode six of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of the best shows ever made. And the point of this podcast here is to create the ultimate fan ranking of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia together here. My name is Brayden. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. I got some great co-hosts with me here today. What's up, everybody? It's Donnie Crunkleton. Tapioca Pudding. My friends call me Tapioca for short, but uh, you can call me Mr. Pudding. Can I call you Tea Pudding? Uh, you can call me TP. I actually had a buddy growing up named uh, Timmy Peeper, and we called him TP. So your nickname for this is going to be TP. Oh, that works for me. Hold up, hold up. But his Isn't name was Peeper. Timmy Peeper? Yeah. Peeper. Timmy Peeper. Timmy Peepers. Peeper. They, they call me Peepers. They call me Mr. Peepers. What Mr. did his Peepers. eyes look like? That's the reason I'm not live back in the States. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> he actually wears glasses, very, very Coke bottle glasses. Coke bottle so he glasses. Can, like, <laughs> He's blind in both eyes. It was a tragic <laughs> misnaming. <laughs> Timmy Peepers can't do peeping no more. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to send in this episode specifically now. Shout out to Timmy Peepers, our listener here today, hopefully. And we got the wildcard crew listening in. We got some new listeners here in New York and the United Kingdom. Our listenership is growing. Hang in there, guys, if y'all are in the middle of the quarantine. I mean, who's not at this point? I'm surprised we're meeting here today, but I'm excited to get this episode out. We're talking about season one, episode six of It's Always Sending Philadelphia. This is the, uh, the, the lead up. That introduces us to Pop Pop. That will eventually introduce us to the final solution episode. This is the gang finds a dead guy in which we're confronted with some interesting concepts, including Grandpa being a Nazi, Pop Pop being a Nazi. So before we dive into the show, like I said, if you're joining us for the first time, we are making the ultimate ranking of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're going episode by episode, comparing them. On some categories, we're not talking about it for no reason. We got some categories here because reason, re- reason will prevail. Fudged it. Fudged <laughs> it. Fudged it. Oh, shout out to Donnie. Um, <laughs> so, tapioca pudding. Uh, you wanna you wanna lead us off here with some what would Frank do before we get too deep into the discussion here? Could we get some what would Frank do for this episode? So, what would Frank do for this episode? Um, I'm actually quite interested in that line of reasoning because in this episode, Pop Up uh, says to Charlie, who he thinks is Dennis. You probably don't know this because that bastard father of yours didn't tell you, but. I was a war hero. So that makes me think that originally Pop-Pop was supposed to be Dee's parent, Dee's dad's father. Do you think there's like uh, family uh, lies going on here? No, I think it's probably just like a continuity error. Like they hadn't come up with the idea of Frank being their quote-unquote dad yet. So um, Pop, because like it's never explained which side... Every person has four grandparents, right? So Pop-Pop has to be either Dee's mom's dad or Dee's dad's dad. So I'm thinking originally they thought that he would be Dee's dad's dad. But that this was before they invented Frank. They make uh, Pop-Pop sound like he's closer to their dad. Yeah. I think Frank would have more focused on the dead guy in the bar. And... 
you know how Frank is prone to having a post midlife, arguably end of life crises. <laughs> Hang in there, Danny DeVito. We love you. Please, please, you're in the light of light of hope in this dark world. Uh, he's having constant crises about his own mortality and i think this would be one of the first examples that we would see if frank was in season one he's of, thinking that he's gonna die yeah i think he would like, be like i'm gonna die he would be frantically getting his will done or i think maybe if he was involved with the nazi plot <laughs> the nazi plot uh <laughs> i think he would have some sort of scheme to steal pop pop's identity an original hitler yeah, yeah, like, like maybe like they'd like set up some continuity for the original Hitler and lead it into Pop Pop the Final Solution or something, or you know, like continuity where Frank later is like, when I stole his identity, I learned a whole bunch of Nazi secrets, and like suddenly Frank's got a whole bunch of like info on the Holocaust that no one else knows. Yeah, I somehow uh, actually passed up even considering what would Frank do in this episode, but just after listening to what you guys have said, I kind of would agree a little bit with both, but kind of more with Brayden to where Frank would just be looking at Pop-Pop like, that's going to be me one day. And I, I got to make sure that my kids, Dennis and Dee, aren't going to let that happen to me. And he doesn't want to be left in a nursing home by himself on a breathing machine. So I think, like you said, he would kind of have like a little crisis and try and put his end of life together. Maybe like a Christmas episode kind of reconciliation. Yeah, that's what a little bit, yeah. Christmas mm-hmm. one. I'm trying to think if in the other Pop-Pop episode... Um, Frank mentions Pop-Pop at all. Because by that time, they probably clarify that th- this isn't Frank's dad. This would have to be Dee's mom's dad. Dee's and Dennis's mom's dad. I'm I'm having a hard time following this family this tree. This family but I, tree. I think, I think I get what you're saying. Or, or, or the same or, kind I don't of know infidelity if... that their mom took part of. You're saying that they were born out of another affair? No, I'm saying that at this time, they don't specify which parent Pop-Pop is the parent of. However, the only mention we have is Pop-Pop says, your bastard father. Right? This is before Meaning Frank's Frank. in the picture. We don't know yet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because they haven't casted your bastard father yeah. yet. And then, yeah, even taking that a step further, would Pop-Pop possibly be talking about Frank, or does Pop-Pop know who their real father is from the beginning? For you listeners that are a little bit confused and haven't watched the episode before listening to this, what are you doing? We're in quarantine. Just take the 20 minutes and go watch the episode. <laughs> just just watch it. If you're not watching before listening to these, what are you doing? It's a companion podcast is what we're doing here. Anyways, rant over. Uh, if you haven't watched the episode, this this episode came out uh, September 6, 2005, also directed by Dan Ateas, who's directed a lot of episodes in season one. Written by the boys Charlie Glenn and Rob. Um, It's about Pop Pop, who uh, is hiding family secret that he is a Nazi. uh, And Pop Pop is the grandfather of Dennis and Dee. That's what we're trying to figure out here. How is Pop Pop actually related to Dennis and Dee? And I don't, we don't really get that. We don't don't get that closure. Because all we know, all we end up finding out is that Dennis and Dee go to the Nazi youth camps with him we don't we don't really get any other closure except for that because the next time we see pop pop he's like way past his expiration date Uh, so i I do think now possibly that 
Pop Pop could really be Frank's dad. And then, like, later we find out. I don't want to spoil anything. Hopefully you guys have all watched the show by now. But how we find out that it's not actually their father, it could still be that Pop Pop and them aren't related. He just thinks they're related because he's related to Frank and he's Frank's father. I don't think they ever clarify that. I think it's all going to have to be... Of course they don't clarify that. They, I think they do that on purpose to add to the, you know, whimsical nature of the show, these family trees, how Frank's like, might or might not be Dennis or Dee's dad, and might or might not be Charlie's dad. Right. But they do that a lot in this show where, yeah. you know, when Lever find out the waitress's name, they allude that it could be Nikki Potnik. But, you know, we never actually find that out. There's a lot of stuff in this show that we never get to see or we never get the information on. I think a lot of legendary shows are like that. Frasier, we never meet Maris, who is Niall's uh, wife. They just always talk about how mean she is or how fat she is or how she has a growth or whatever. But we never see her. It's just jokes about her. You know, you, you got these tropes in these shows that sometimes are just best left unanswered, I think. And I think the mystery surrounding Dennis and Dee's that makes them both bastards is great it's one of the things that that makes it always sunny you never (laughs) see that guy over the fence in home improvement very true we need to address the elephant in the room here guys uh reddit is calling us out i've posted our episodes on the always sunny uh subreddit and fans are tearing us up saying we don't even like this show a couple people have said it's admirable that you guys are taking the time and effort to do this but it really seems like you guys hate this show I think episode one is just weak sauce. Season one, correct? Oh, sorry. Yeah, season yeah, yeah. one is just, just to make sure. weak sauce. Yeah. Millennials can't handle criticism. We're criticizing the show. I'm criticizing the show because I love it. Exactly. I would have to agree with that. And like I said, I know we're not trying to compare this to later episodes and whatever, but every season after this, to me, is better than season one. You know, it's interesting you said that because in the beginning I was like, we can't compare this to later episodes, but I'm thinking in the sense that we can't take too much information of what we know about the show later, but at the same time, we we got to compare episodes of this show to episodes of the show. It can't, if this list, by the time we get to the end of this podcast, looks like the IMDb rankings where they're all just 8.2 and maybe like a 9.1. I think we'll have failed. And that's true. I want to I know which episodes of Sunny are just threes. Which ones can you, let's be honest, ignore? Because there are some, no matter how good a show is, there are shows that, there are episodes that are your least favorite. What do you guess? See, I don't think that any episode should be ignored. I think you should go into the show with the understanding that every single episode is a good episode. However, some episodes I guess are ignored was a bad much better than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like the IMDB rankings. I, I feel like they're dishonest. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole conspiracy about IMDB voters are paid by big IMDB, but uh, I think that what we're doing here is incredibly honest. This conspiracy is brought to you by Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Tapioca pudding, I owe you an apology. I was harassing you for your hatred of the term sweet D. I got you. No, cannot fucking stand when Mac refers to Dennis as Den. Den. (laughs) And what do we do, Den? What do we do? We get drunk. And then crash Nikki Potnik's car. It'd be great. Or then in this episode where he's like, and then what we do, Den? I I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I don't mind Den that much. I don't know it what really it is. It me. just 
feel like you should be calling him like Den Den. Den Den. <laughs> Denny. Yeah. I just think it's one of those to where his name's short enough already. Like, why, why are you shorting why are you it? Yeah. I just, it's just, I never call you Don or you Tap. It just doesn't work. Only my mom calls me Tap. In, in defense of that, I do have some friends that call me Don. Not very many, but there are a few. But I don't prefer it necessarily. When you get older, you should make people call you Don like as like a thing of respect. And they're like, oh, is this guy in the mob? And you're like, nah, he's just... His name's Donald. <laughs> Donald. <laughs> the Don. If we want to bring this full circle real quick, Timmy Peeper's dad name is actually Don. Oh my god! Are you Timmy Peeper's dad? I might be. Is I don't that know the whole point. family circle we yeah. were just talking Shout about? Shout out to Donnie's son listening <laughs> in Chicago. We're sorry about your eyes. We're very <laughs> sorry about your peepers. Uh, what'd you guys uh, think about this episode and D's sincerity? D's uh, sincerity in this season. Adam pointed out a couple times, which. If you guys haven't noticed, obviously Adam's not here yet. We're going to get his opinion on this season at the end of this season's pod, uh, podcast season. Um, I digress. The sincerity. Is it sincere? I I actually, at first, for 90% of this episode, the whole time was thinking, wow, D cares about Pop Pop. D cares about other people. D cares about that. But she says one line. I don't know if this is the exact quote, but she says, I'm supposed to be the one feeling better about this. So at the end of the day, she's mm. still going to see him so that when he's gone, she doesn't feel bad. She's not going there to comfort him necessarily. So I, I agree with Adam on that, that the sincerity isn't sincerity. I mean, that's a big question though, right? So you give money to a poor person because it makes you feel better. Right. Right. So where does that, where does that put you? Right, you're not giving money to the poor person because you're like, oh, this person's poor and needs money. You're doing it because it makes you feel better. That's that... how I feel about people that do good stuff and share it on social media. Just don't. Yeah. Just do it for you, Brought dog. to you by Tom Shoes. Give a shoe, get a shoe. <laughs> What's it? No, it's that Onion article. Girl who goes to volunteer in Africa has Facebook profile picture changed forever. Changed forever. <laughs> Instead of uh, her convictions or whatever. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. No, but I do agree that there is a fine line between doing stuff to help people because you know other people need help and aren't fortunate. But then again, you sometimes do it because it gives you a good feeling and it makes you feel like a better person. Yeah. Some things just need to be for you. Like wearing a Nazi hat. <laughs> while just eating cereal. To, well, yeah, while eating Cocoa Puffs. It's just some things you got to do for you. Like eating a banana in a Nazi uniform. In a uniform. Nazi uniform. It is a lot of snacking in that Nazi uniform. And makes you very hungry. Being a Nazi makes you hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work, I guess. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put some numbers to our arguments here. You're going to find out what we think of this episode specifically when we come back from break. We are going to break down the story, characters, quotes, overall humor, and of course, the wild card spot. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this break. Before we get started here, again, I got a, a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. We got some new social media to plug, guys. We have a subreddit. That's right. They'll let anyone moderate those things nowadays. So uh, if you're a Reddit user, head on over to our Always Sunny Pod, where we'll be posting discussion questions and links to episodes. And you can find the list of lists are ultimate ranking of sunny that we're doing here the whole purpose of this show 
you can find it at reddit.com r slash always sunny pod and as always hit up our social media instagram at always sunny pod twitter at always sunny pod and send us an email always sunny pod at gmail.com that's your thing a nice handwritten sentiment to quote the best movie of all time paul blart mall cop we'll we'll do a podcast on that later but uh before we do that we'll get back to the sunny episode we're talking about season one episode six the gang finds a dead guy we're gonna start out with the story of this episode we can give up to 10 points for each category for a total of 200 points between oh sorry 150 points because Adam got the Rona and is out. No, he didn't get that. He did not. That's a terrible joke. That's a terrible joke. But uh, Adam's not here recording with us today. So we can give up to 150 points for this episode between the three of us. And if you guys aren't liking what we have to say, or if you agree with what we have to say, feel free to chime in on the aforementioned social media plugs. Let's get into the story of this, guys. Right. So It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was created out of... A, a want of Rob McElhaney to create an anti-friends. He said he was a fan of friends and he wanted to create the anti-friends where it's people that just do the wrong thing. Having said that, knowing that it's always sunny in Philadelphia wants to be the anti-sitcom of people that you shouldn't really look up to kind of like Seinfeld is. Should they follow the sitcom storytelling style, a plot, B plot, I think personally I enjoy the fact that there's always kind of two storylines to each episode, like this one being Pop-Pop and then the dead guy in the bar and his granddaughter. But the Dish of the Day has also said on multiple occasions that the best uh, Sunny plots are pretty non-linear as well, creative in the storytelling style. Does that say something for the episodes that don't have non-linear storytelling? Um, I think the most important thing to remember is that it's pronounced linear. <laughs> Glad you got that out of it. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I don't know. Um, some of the sunny episodes, the plots are A plot, B plot. There's a main plot and a subplot. Sometimes there's a main plot and a subplot and they interact. Sometimes there's a main plot, a subplot, and a sub-subplot, and they interact somewhere in the middle but then end up branching off somewhere else completely different. Um, I, I don't know. It's just my personal preference. I like shows that can very well, uh, do it very well where they have branching off stories that somehow connect. That's why I, I'm a huge fan of Crazy Stupid Love. Love Actually. That other movie where everybody is a different, uh, person but ends up meeting in the same in the end. Love Actually 2. I really uh, thought the first time you brought up Love Actually in this podcast that it was just like a fluke and you were going for a joke here, but I don't know where the joke's in the series <laughs> I don't know where the line is with this movie and you anymore. I think it depends how hard they drive the point home because a lot of the slapstick humor, um, like in the Family Feud episode or in the uh, one where they go to the water park, um, that really has gotten me laughing for an incredibly... Uh, unhealthy lengthy period of time um but it's just whatever whichever part they do it well sometimes they'll uh, make like a narcissistic joke or they'll behave in a a certain you know off-color way that gets me laughing so i think it's however i don't really generally i prefer more of 
intellectual and less slapstick, more of a drier humor. But if it's performed well, it makes me laugh either way. If it's good, it's good. It's interesting you mentioned those two episodes because those are two episodes where uh, Family Feud, it's one plot of them all together as opposed to the Water Park episode where they basically split up and you got many, many storylines going on on that episode. Well, I mean, even in the Family Feud episode, right, there's the whole thing with cottage cheese. That's an example of intellectual humor that got me laughing. Then there's where Dee breaks the buzzer. That's an example of slapstick humor that got me laughing. Sort of like that. Ronald McDonald. That's, I think, one of the things that makes this one of the best shows of all time is they know how to hit you from every angle of comedy. And if you give it a second view, there's a whole nother layer that uh, you'll notice. And, and going off what you just said there, I think that's also a great way to defend us trashing some of these ap- these episodes. Because they're they ab- trash. Well, that, but they also they also appeal to everybody. So to some people, our tens are going to be their six, but our sixes are going to be their tens. And to IMDb, as long as it's Call of Duty, it's a ten. Right. Or if it's always <laughs> sunny, it's probably an eight point two or something. <laughs> but like Donnie said, if you don't agree with us, if we gave something uh, too low of a score in this first season, like I said, hit us up on the social medias at Always Sunny Pod and hit up our subreddit R Always Sunny Pod. And you can let us know what you think. I give it a 5 out of 10 for the story. I actually gave it a 7. I was kind of a fan of the two different storylines, and I thought they played both of them pretty well. Let me check my paperwork. Oh, I gave it a 6. I thought mm. it was pretty good. thought it was, you know, basic. wasn't, like, bad. Adam, Adam's listening to this in his car right now and going... I, I give it a 20. Me, I, give I give it a 10. 40 out of 10. Slamming his head on the steering wheel. <laughs> horns going off. Mm. I miss that man. (laughs) He will be back. No worries. He's going to come back for the next episode. And on the season finale of uh, this first season of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards, we're going to get his opinion on this episode. So tune in for that. I'm sure it's going to be filled with some uh, unbearably high scores. I really miss him. (laughs) him. Let's move on to the characters here. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia characters are really starting to take shape. I think we're starting to see uh, a lot of the character continuity that we're used to with the exception of Charlie for a little bit and Frank, which is why I gave, I gave it a zero zero of course. Cause there's no Frank. Yep. TP's committed to the zero for no Frank, but, uh, don't at me. <laughs> don't at tapioca pudding. <laughs> Cause it's at dish of the day. Ooh. Ooh. Plot twist. I would have to agree that. Yeah. They start to take their form and start to take their shape and, at first, I was kind of downgrading because I thought D, like I said, was just not being D and kind of caring about everybody else too much. But then when I realized that it was still for her, I gave this another average score, just a seven. Well, it's interesting also seeing now that the characters are forming, how the characters interact as well. So like D's sympathy or fake sympathy. Yeah. How it interacts with Charlie and how it interacts with Mac. And now we're starting to see Charlie and Mac's relationship and Mac and Dennis's relationship. Right. So I, I like the characters of this story probably more than I've liked the others, but I've liked the humor of the past episodes probably a little bit more. So I gave it a seven out of 10 for the characters having said all that to try and even out the dish of the day zero. Yeah. What do you give it on the characters, Donnie? I got it at a seven as well. But before we get off the characters, I also thought it was interesting that constant like anxiety that D has 
and like her gag reflex that's starting to become Whoa. like a continuity like yeah. when pop pops what who wouldn't gag with pop pops fingers in their mouth but like seeing her like start to become d the bird yeah you know it's great i think it's great and i think charlie also steals this episode even if he isn't classic charlie so seven out of ten not perfect but Probably my favorite iteration of the characters thus far. I mean, I give a shout out to Dennis's character, that whole funeral speech, the fake like look at the cards and then be like, what's this? And put him away. And just he every time he turns back and looks at the phrase Lionel Keen, he's remembering his name. (laughs) Lionel the lion. Lionel. (laughs) So hear me out then. What if you gave it? A one. Can't do it, no Frank. That's okay. so funny. I was I was about to try and persuade him and then I I, I didn't think he was gonna push. Not even a little, <laughs> I not shall even not a be moved. Little... Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the quotes. Cause I am hard pressed for some quotes here on this episode. I couldn't really find any that I liked. Uh you know, right off the bat opening. Holy shit. That bitch is dead. Yeah, I wrote that one down. That gets me. That yeah. gets me, but you know, after that, I just kind of like begrudgingly like felt like I had to write them down. Yeah, I mean, you see the makings of in this episode, the makings of sort of that uh, off-color, sardonic, funny. It's always sunny humor. Like, I'm sorry. Do you see any representatives from the Board of Health here today? Like, they're worried about the Board of Health. It's like, you see any reps here from the Board of Health? And while that's not like very funny, it's sort of like the the base, the beginning of that sort of humor. More of the funnier ones that I thought were- Yeah, but it just seems like a waste of a perfectly good Nazi uniform. Um, And other than that, just the whole set of quotes, I guess, interaction at the beginning when they're like, sorry, we're closed. And then they see it's a hot chick and they're like, oh no, we're not, hey. I think the situations and the physical visual gags on, on at least season one episodes are a lot stronger than the quotes. The dialogue in this show builds as the seasons go on. I I got a couple more for you, of course. I know that. There are like so many medals in there, dude. This guy was probably like King Nazi. As if King Charlie Nazi. doesn't know who Adolf Hitler is. Yeah, yeah, I had that one written down also. Uh, there's some good ones I expose good characters, like Max saying... A man died here yesterday. His family just abandoned him. Can we think about that for one second? Why the hell would we want to think about that? Really depressing, D. Very sad. Points out how selfish they are. But like I said, I wrote these down just because I felt like I had to get some quotes going. Not because it's a quotable episode. Uh, What what do you guys think? You got any more? I I have a couple more, actually. One of them is... Maybe we should close to fumigate or something. No, no, we can't do that. We can't let anybody know that this happened. We'll never live it down. Like I said, I don't think that's necessarily a hilarious quote, but it points out how much they truly just don't care, and that kind of ties back to what you said, like, that bitch is dead. Like, they have no empathy and no remorse for just, wow, this guy died in our bar. That's kind of our fault. They're just like, oh, he's fucking dead. How's it going to affect us? Yeah, exactly. That's all they're concerned about. Why do bad things happen? But more to the point, why do bad things happen to me? A reoccurring theme this first season. I mean, reoccurring theme in Sunny, I guess. Uh, 3.5 out of 10 for my for my score here. 3.5 on the I, quotes. I gave it a 4. Literally marginally better. Marginally better. Yeah, I actually gave it a 6. Mm. Like I said, I don't think the quotes are necessarily funny, but I think there were some good quotes that we pointed out that helped really develop the characters and show who they are. And we'll put Adam down for a 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it's interesting because not to 
respond too much to what's being said on Reddit right now, but uh, based on the responses we've gotten and the people saying, it doesn't even seem like you like this show. Adam's scores are the ones people are favoring. But of course, because no one wants to hear that their show's getting trashed. I'm not saying 3.5 because it's bad. I'm saying 3.5 because the gang goes jihad has so many great lines. And the Christmas episode probably gets a 20 out of 10 for quotes for me. Bucket of fried dog. Did you fuck my mom, Santa? (laughs) Just like, oh my God. Like, you know, how can you even compare this to to that? I'm only interested in the capital T truth. Sorry if people don't like that. The capital T tapioca pudding truth. <laughs> we we also didn't dive into the couple of anti-Semitic quotes by Pop Pop. The first one was... Yeah, well, what do you expect from Jews, right, Nenish? Uh, Jews, um... I don't know if that's funny because it's funny or if it's funny because every time I watch this, it's with my Jewish friends. The funny I think part, it's a little bit of both. The funny part is is when Charlie, like, looks around, like, looks to see if, like, the do- remembering that the door's open. Oh, those Jews. Yeah, like, exactly. He, he's like, I'll oh, go along Jews. with it. Yeah. <laughs> May, hey, maybe, I just thought of this, maybe that's where Dee gets it from in the, uh, the McPoyle court episode when she's trying to prove that that lawyer's Jewish. Maybe she gets it from Pop Pop. Because <laughs> he is a Jewish man. Um, can we move on over here to the overall humor? Because as much as I trash the quotes, I want to praise the overall humor. Not too much, of course, because I didn't think it was too good. But the overall humor, Charlie Day in a Nazi uniform eating a banana has got to be like just one of the few things in this world that'll make me laugh out loud just involuntarily every time I see it. Yeah. Why is he eating a banana? Yeah. As he opened the door and I saw that I just immediately was almost in tears laughing. It's, it's like, um, in Charlie wants an abortion. What if Jesus was aborted? That's one of the best jokes (laughs) in that episode, but we're not going to be able to quote it. I think, uh, between all the Nazi uniforms and just D getting grossed out, being around old people, there's there's a lot of credit to be given for the visual aspects of this first season, and specifically this episode. Right, and kind of to play on that, I don't think, like I said, the quotes were necessarily the funny part, but in the beginning, even when Charlie was standing there, I'm sorry for your loss. And he's just standing there in the gloves and trash bags. And she's like, where where did he spend his last moments? And he's like, hmm, that would be somewhere in this vicinity over here. I think it's not funny because of what he said. I think it's the whole situation to it that made it funny. Yeah, there's a lot of situational humor in this episode. I gave it a seven. I thought it was pretty, oh yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. It, it had me, th- that that very primal gut response reaction of laughing. So yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, I don't think the whole episode was funny, but there were those few moments that it really just made me almost in tears. And for that, yeah, I also gave it a seven. Wow. See, your guys' sevens here. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pushed around a little bit. You know, we gotta have some shakeups. I was gonna give it a five. I'm gonna give it a six for the overall humor. I think I'll uh, put my money where my mouth is, and change my score because, I, like I said, I'm gonna praise it more than the quotes and. <laughs> To give it a 5 out of 10, I guess, doesn't feel right. I mean, this really was the first episode in this season that I remember, you know, 
I, not like gut wrenching laughing, but throwing my head back and laughing for pretty much the whole episode. The every, whole episode. I mean, not the not through the entirety of ep- the episode, but every camera shot scene from scene to scene, there was at least one or one and a half things that I kind of found funny. I can respect that. Yeah. Not it wasn't my favorite humor that we've seen this season, but I can respect that. Well, now that we've gone through all the logistics and actually discussed seriously, I think it's time to get goofy with our It's the wild card spot. Donnie, you want to explain how it goes? Um, Great explanation, Donnie. You can give however many points. <laughs> it's the wild card spot. You can do whatever you want to do with it. And the first thing I'm going to do here with the wild card uh, spot today, I'm going to give it Six dead guy pokes. I'm gonna poke him with this. Get up, old man. This isn't the American Legion. Wake up. He won't wake up. Well, poke him harder in his ribs. Wake up, old man. Wake up. <laughs> six times he pokes yeah. him with the pool cue, so I'm gonna give it six wild cards for every poke. Lionel with the, <laughs> the corpse of Lionel with the pool cue. I actually, for this episode, gave it Seven gross old dead people. That guy was so old. Old people are gross. Simply for the fact that I think this was the first episode that I enjoyed and really made me laugh. So I'm just going to help bump my score a little bit with that. I'm going to give it four Lionel Keens out of ten for every time he says Lionel Keen. And that was Lionel. Lionel Keen. Lionel. The lion. And every time he has to look back at the, uh, uh... The board, the fucking <laughs> middle school poster board of, of for a funeral. Like, it should have been fucking Lionel Keen with, like, newspaper clippings. Like, that was, like, fucking Elmer's stick glue on there. You remember uh, at some bar mitzvahs how they'd have the the poster that everyone would sign as they walk in and stuff? <laughs> Is that another Jew thing? Well, <clears throat> you know, if you don't take it seriously in your reform, I'm, I'm sure it's a thing, you know. <laughs> But no, I know I, what you're talking about. I distinctly remember to bring it to those like sign-in board things at those events. This isn't a funeral, but it was a bar mitzvah. And rather than like everyone signing it at my friend's bar mitzvah back when I was 13, and they drew all over his face instead. They <laughs> they like ruined this nice poster board that his mom had spent <laughs> all this money on, and they drew like his teeth out. They put glasses on him. It was. Her face at the end of it, I would felt so bad. Anyone give him a Hitler stash? That's the immediate question. That would have been the icing the on the cake. No the penises cake. and no Hitler stash. The icing on the pop pop cake. It <laughs> almost would have been better if there was a Hitler stash. Like, oh, this is expected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, of course, someone drew a penis on his face. So, what did uh, we give this episode? That's the main question. Let's crunch the numbers and see what we compare it to IMDb. I don't know how to do math, so let's not have me fail at math on air the internet movie database which we spent this entire episode trashing gave this episode an 8.3 of course with uh 2000 votes 2000 and some change this sets uh, as far as imdb goes this sets it right smack dab in the middle of season one right below underage drinking and charlie wants an abortion and uh IMDb likes this episode more than gun fever, gang gets racist, and Charlie has cancer. So I don't know if I exactly agree with that. Our score here today that we discussed gave this episode a 5.5. 5. 
I know it sounds like I'm relishing in these low scores, but it just really shows that uh, we are we are looking into this a little bit harder than most people would want to. So, where does that put it on our list? It puts it on our list at the third highest spot, right above Charlie Wants an Abortion, Gun Fever, and Underage Drinking. It sets it below The Gang Gets Racist and Charlie Has Cancer. I'm so fine with those numbers. Yeah. Basically, like, flip the IMDb scores and our scores and keep the ones in the middle, and you basically have the list right now. If you want to if you want to check out the list and see this visually and see the specific scores we've given for each episode, you can head on over to our subreddit, rAlwaysSunnyPod, and you can hit us up on Instagram at Always sunny pod. We're going to do a season finale roundup where we're kind of reviewing the list. If any of us want to change our scores, we're going to, we're going to do it. Then we're going to respond to some Reddit comments. We're going to respond to voicemails. We're going to respond to emails. If you know, people do that, uh, emails, you know, people leave voicemails still, right? I think, or is it all texting? I don't know. I haven't had a cell phone since 2008. Mine still flips open. I'm not sure either. I got a sidekick. So uh, what do you think, guys? Is this fair? I would say it's rather fair. Like I said, I I understand why people think this is so low, but we love the show that much that we have to be critical when it's not what we really find the best. We're going to break you down to build you back up. (laughs) The 10s are definitely coming. Oh, they are. I already have some 10s in mind. but Season 2, I already got a a couple in mind. Not going to spoil it, obviously. It's none of your business when I give a 10. (laughs) I don't think you're ever going to give a 10. <laughs> Prove me wrong. It's a little reverse psychology for you. And uh, while I try my Jedi mind tricks here on the Dish of the Day, you guys can go ahead and listen to other episodes of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards, the ultimate Always Sunny podcast on all your favorite streaming platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Find us at anchor.fm slash rumham, where you can find our social media links, our voicemail box, and all the other episodes of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards for you to yell angrily at your iPhone app. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it here for us today. We will be back here in a couple of weeks for the season one finale of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards, but we're going to review the last episode of season one. Charlie got molested. Love you. Bye. Oh, my God. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards is produced and edited by Braden Pleggencool. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Pleggencool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and The Dish of the Day.